Section 26 of Astounding Stories 13, January 1931, by Various. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Reader's Corner, Part B. Announcement. Dear Editor, we would appreciate it very much if you would print this in your Reader's Corner department. We wish to inform the readers of Astounding Stories of an organization lately formed called the boys scientification club its purpose is to promote scientific interest among boys between the ages of ten and fifteen to encourage the reading of science fiction and scientific works and to create a bond of friendship among them a circulating library composed of science fiction books magazines articles etc is being constructed to circulate among members who would desire to read any of the contents Officers are President Librarian Forrest J. Ackerman, 530 Staples Avenue, San Francisco, California. Secretary Treasurer Frank Sipos, 174 Staples Avenue, San Francisco, California. Address all letters concerning membership to the President. He will be glad to answer all letters and explain particulars of the club. Thank you for your kindness. Linus Hoganmiller, Vice President, B.S.C., 502 North Washington Street, Farmington, Missouri. But Ray Cummings writes us only brand new stories. Dear Editor, I want to commend Astounding Stories on carrying out an idea which I have had in mind for some time, that is, some scientific articles. A Star That Breathes in the July number was very interesting, as were the two articles in the August copy. However, I hope that this is only the start of a valuable new addition to Astounding Stories. There should be at least five or six in each magazine, and I think most of the readers would prefer them at the end of the stories instead of in the back of the magazine. Another thing that is absolutely essential, if Astounding Stories would hold its own as a high-class science fiction magazine, is a scientific editorial in the front of the book. The way it starts off abruptly onto a story gives the impression of a cheap publication. A lot of your readers have been setting up a clamor for stories by Ray Cummings. While it is true that he has written a few good stories, you will find that his antiquated stuff is not being printed in any of the other science fiction magazines, but only in ones devoted to adventure stories. For the sake of your many readers who would like to see our magazine keep abreast of the times, Cummings should be dropped and some of the peerless authors of today employed. As an advance along this line you already have Captain S. P. Meek. Harold Vincent, Lilith Lorraine, Edmund Hamilton, and in the latest copy R. F. Starzl. The Planet of Dread by R. F. Starzl was the best story in the August issue. A wealth of ideas was contained in that treatise of life on a young, warm planet, and the idea of fooling the liquid intelligence by thought suggestion is quite novel, but entirely reasonable. Mr. Starzl is an author of the highest type and ability and you will do well to secure more stories from his typewriter. I was glad to see that the cover has finally been changed from the conventional blue background, and I hope we will have a little variation from now on. Concerning illustrations, Wesso is a great artist, and aside from a few scientific errors, his covers are excellent. The inside drawings could be improved, however. I hope for your continued success. Wayne D. Bray, Campbell, Missouri are we all morons? Dear Editor, Having perused three issues of your magazine, I must agree that its title is well chosen. 
The stories are nearly all astounding, astounding in that they utterly ignore every scientific fact and discovery of the past ten centuries. The cold of interstellar space, its lack of oxygen, the interplanetary effects of gravitation, all are passed over as if non-existent. An anti-gravity ovoid, of which no description is given, if worn in a man's hat, makes his whole body weightless. Men, buildings, and cities float through the air or become invisible, yet not the least semi-scientific explanation is made as to the how of it all. In other words, the pattern of your stories appears to have been taken from the Arabian Nights and from Grimm's fairy tales, but with not a millionth part of the interest. How anyone, save a young child or a moron, can read and enjoy such futile nonsense is incredible. If your writers would, like Jules Verne, only invent some pseudo-scientific explanation for their marvels, your publication might then be read with pleasure, but why do so when trash is acceptable without thought behind it? M. Clifford Johnston, 451 Central Avenue, Newark, New Jersey A Wesso Fan Dear Editor, let me congratulate you on the September issue of Astounding Stories. It is the best issue you have published yet. I noticed in this issue that you had four illustrations by Wesso. Though that is the most you have ever had, I think it would be much better if all the illustrations were by him. However, getting down to brass tacks, the reason I'm typing this letter is to ask you to publish an Astounding Stories quarterly. You could have it contain twice as much reading material as in the monthly, and charge forty cents a copy for it. It would be much better than a semi-monthly, and I am quite sure it would go over big. Thomas L. Kratzer, 3593 Tullamore Road, University Heights, Ohio. Bang, bang, bang. Dear Editor, I have read the August Astounding Stories, and greatly enjoyed the fiction, but the Reader's Corner gave me a good deal of amusement. Some of your readers take their fiction so seriously. Take the brick or two from George L. Williams and Harry Hylison, for instance. They want astounding stories filled with material from authors that appear in other magazines, because your readers, quote, are used to the standards set by those publications, end quote, etc. And again, quote, you should have someone who is well qualified to pass upon the science in the stories, end quote. For the love of Pete, if people want scientific treatises, why don't they buy books and magazines dealing with the subject? There are many on the market, serious and dull enough for anyone. But for our fiction magazines, let's have it pure and unadulterated. The more improbably, the better. What possible difference does it make if, in a story, the moon has a crater every ten feet, or the black sky of outer space were blazing with moons in aurora borealis, or the sun were in a double eclipse? We read stories to be amused, not for technical information. So we certainly don't want a scientific editorial in each issue by some eminent scientist. As for a department in which readers could write their opinions of the stories, and suggest improvements in the conduct of the magazine, what else is the reader's corner? Why not adopt a tolerant attitude, and instead of howling on about petty faults and mistakes, get a good laugh over them? As for telling writers and editors how to do it, we would only expose our ignorance and inability and make ourselves ridiculous. If we think we could do so much better, let's try it. Write a story ourselves, or start running a magazine. Astounding Stories is all right as it is. We like it different. We want different authors from those of other magazines. 
What is the use of having various publications if they must all be conducted along identical lines? Now, for your writers, Mr. R. F. Starzl is easily the best. His story, The Planet of Dread, is full of thrills and imagination and clever situations that are well developed and surmounted. One thing that is rather remarkable in this class of story, the hero gets himself and his companion out of every difficulty by his own ingenuity. The story moves along with interest and thrills in every paragraph, and is really my ideal of a super-scientific yarn, in other words, not stuffed with tiresome technical data. Let's have more from this interesting author. C. E. Bush, Decatur, Arkansas Assorted Bouquets Dear Editor, before commenting upon the September issue of your wonderful magazine, I would like to personally thank Mr. Bates for the kind reply to my former letter. It shows that at least one editor glanced over my literary ramblings. Now for comments on the September issue. I placed the stories in the following order which is based upon their merit. Marooned Under the Sea, Terrible Tentacles of L-472, Jetta of the Lowlands, The Attack from Space, a Problem in Communication, Earth the Marauder, and the Murder Machine. Your serials are the best I have ever read in any magazine. Your latest one, Jetta of the Lowlands, promises to be an A-1 top-notcher. Your artists, H. W. Wesolowski and J. Fleming Gould, draw the finest illustrations I have ever seen anywhere. The Reader's Corner is a fine corner which can only be improved by making it larger. The stories scheduled for the October issue look good to me. I am glad to see that Dr. Bird is returning. We'll sign off, for now, wishing Astounding Stories all the luck it deserves. Edwin Anderson, 1765 Southern Boulevard, Bronx, New York City, New York. A Request Dear Editor, I thought I would drop you just a line to comment on the authors now writing for our magazine. Among the best are R. F. Starzl, Edmund Hamilton, Harl Vincent, Ray Cummings, and Captain S. P. Meek. However, there is one brilliant author whose fascinating stories have to date failed to appear in our magazine. The man I am referring to is Ed Earl Rep. Please have a story by him in our magazine as soon as possible. I am sure other readers will agree with me when I say that Mr. Rep writes exceedingly thrilling and exciting science fiction tales. Let's see many stories by him in the forthcoming issues of Astounding Stories. Forrest J. Ackerman, 530 Staples Avenue, San Francisco, California. Thank you, Mr. Lorenzo. Dear Editor, Several science fiction magazines will have to struggle along without my patronage. Why? Because they flew, literally speaking, over my head with all kinds of science. I want some science, but mostly fiction. I couldn't understand what they were writing about, so I lost interest. I can read a single copy of a good magazine from cover to cover in one day, but let me lose interest in it by having too much dry matter, and I just don't buy that book again. Your magazine is the best of all science fiction magazines, which means that I can read and understand the tales in astounding stories. So you get my trade. You're trying your best to supply me with interesting stories so if there is an occasional dry story to me, I just remember one thing. You as editor are a human being, like myself, so neither one of us being perfect, I just forgive and go on buying. Jazz Lorenzo, 644 Hanover Street, San Francisco, California.
Suggestions. Dear Editor, Earth the Marauder, by Arthur J. Burks, gets four stars. It is one of the most astounding stories I have ever read. I hope you have more stories by Arthur J. Burks on schedule for early issues. Jetta of the Lowlands by Ray Cummings, Marooned Under the Sea by Paul Ernst, a sequel soon, I hope. The Terrible Tentacles of L-472 by S. P. Wright, and The Attack from Space by S. P. Meek. Let's have another sequel. All get three stars. I hope that S. P. Wright will write more stories of strange planets. I think that your serials should all be book-length novels with the installments from thirty-five to fifty pages in length. Don't publish novelettes, thirty to sixty-five pages, as serials. In your August issue you mention that you may some day publish Astounding Stories twice a month. I would rather have you increase the price to twenty-five cents, give us as much material as five novels monthly, and smooth-cut edges. Wesso's cover illustrations are improving each month. I am glad to see more of his illustrations inside. Since so many readers ask for reprints, why not give us an occasional one? Jack Darrow, 4225 North Spalding Avenue, Chicago, Illinois. A Flop Dear Editor, I have read Astounding Stories since its first issue, and I am convinced that it is without a peer in the field of science fiction. This preeminence is due to the fact that the magazine regularly contains the work of the best contemporary writers of scientific fantasy, such as Cummings, Rousseau, Leinster, Burks, and Hamilton. Certain readers, unaccustomed to such rich fare, ask for stories by lesser lights. For a time these requests went unheeded, but of late it seems they are getting results, more's the pity. Your September issue contained a story called A Problem in Communication by Miles J. Brewer, M.D. Now, the good doctor may be a wow in other magazines, but his stuff is not up to the standard of astounding stories. His initial effort in this magazine was dull and uninspired. It lacked the sustained interest and gripping action of your other stories. It was, to put it bluntly, a flop. In spite of this sad example, several readers are still clamoring for more stuff from the small-timers. If they get their way, which Allah forbid, it will mean the downfall of astounding stories. Why ruin a truly great magazine by catering to a misguided minority? George K. Addison, 94 Brant Place, Bronx, New York No Favorites Dear Editor, I found your magazine on the newsstand while looking for another kind. The cover picture looked interesting, so I bought Astounding Stories instead of the other. Since that moment I have been a steady reader. I can see no way to improve your magazine unless it is to enlarge it or to publish it oftener. I am satisfied with it as it is. It is the best magazine on the newsstands now. I have no favorites among your stories, as I like them all equally well. Robert L. King, Melbourne, Florida Pride of the Regiment Dear Editor, I have just finished reading the September issue of Astounding Stories, and want to congratulate you on your staff of writers. Although this is the first copy I have read, I can assure you that it will not be the last by any means. I think the story called Marooned Under the Sea by Paul Ernst, a story that no one could have passed without reading it. The way the author explains the story to have come to life has really got me guessing. The only thing that I regretted was that I didn't get the copies previous to the story called Earth the Marauder by Arthur J. Burks, 
Please give us more stories by Paul Ernst. I say us because I am a soldier, and where you find one soldier, you find plenty soldiers. So keep the good work up, as we are all looking forward to a good time when the next issues come around. Company 1, 26th Infantry, Plattsburgh Barracks, Plattsburgh, New York. Covers not too vivid. Dear Editor, I can't help joining the great number of admirers of your wonderful magazine. A great many readers ask for interplanetary stories. As for me, I like any kind. Stories of other worlds, under the earth, under the sea, on other planets, dimensional stories, anything. So far I have not had the slightest excuse to complain. When I finish reading a story I write after the title, Good, Very Good, Fair, etc. Then I read the best ones over again while waiting for the next issue. The following two, and the only stories I didn't like so far, are The Stolen Mind and Creatures of the Light. One critic stated that he considered the illustrations of astounding stories too vivid. Illustrations for stories such as are contained in this magazine cannot be too vivid. Readers have plenty of opportunity to use their imaginations. Many scenes which the authors try to portray are hard to visualize, and I think that a number of good illustrations would help the readers enjoy the stories more. As long as you keep your magazines up to the standard you have set thus far, I will remain an eager reader. Sam Castellina, 104 East Railroad Street, Pittston, Pennsylvania. Quite true. Dear Editor, I have enjoyed every one of your Astounding Stories magazines from the first. However, in the story The Murder Machine by Hugh B. Cave, a man, Sir John Harmon, was made to kill a man by mechano-telepathically projected hypnotic suggestions. Some people think it is entirely possible to make a man do such a thing by hypnotism, but it is not possible, because no person under hypnotic influence will do anything that his subconscious mind knows is immoral. Neither a thief nor a murderer can be made to confess their crime while under hypnotic influence. I am merely writing this so the others who have read the story will not get the wrong idea of hypnotism. A man under hypnotic influence can be made to think he is murdering or robbing, but he will not do it really, no matter how hard the hypnotist tries to make him. Henry Booth, 916 Federal Street, North-South, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania paper correct kind dear editor i am a reader of four other science fiction magazines but like astounding stories the best for two main reasons first the size is just right second the paper is the correct kind it does not glare at you when you read i have every issue of astounding stories since it came out the stories are all good and are becoming better each month i prefer stories of space traveling and of the fourth dimension about reprints, I think that if you want to give reprints, why not publish them in booklet form? I'm sure many of the readers will prefer to have reprints that way. Frank Wagavoda, Watermill, New York Bouquets Dear Editor, The Planet of Dread was a classic in the full meaning of the word. Not only was the story a masterpiece of fantastic adventure, but also of short story craft. By all means, secure more of Mr. Starzl's fine tales. Your stories by Ray Cummings are great. It would be a good policy upon your part to continue to present stories of his, at the most not more than two issues apart. Continue up to your present standard, and you'll continue to stand above all other science fiction magazines where stories of super-science are concerned, now and forever. 
Jerome Siegel, 10622 Kimberley Avenue, Cleveland, Ohio. End of the Reader's Corner, Part B. And End of Astounding Stories 13, January 1931.